to Down City Cash Chicago. If you're like me, you were lucky to see family this weekend that you probably haven't seen in at least a year. My family, like so many black families in Chicago, have seen plenty of members leave the city for places like Atlanta and Houston, D.C., even Boulder. We dig into some of the reasons why black Chicagoans are leaving the city behind and what that means for our city. It's Monday, November 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. You're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I lived in South Shore, Gresham. I live in Hyatt Park now. Where did you grow up, Will? You're following me because that's where all this stuff. I've, <laughs> I, I've been mostly, I mostly claim South Shore. Uh, okay. I lived South Shore there uh, most of my uh, early adult life. I've lived in Woodlawn. I've lived in Gresham. Uh, I've lived in the Kenwood Hyde Park area for the last 20 years or so. Other than New York, Illinois is the biggest decline in its black population. This trend has been happening for decades now. And Chicago Tribune reporter Will Lee has talked to some of the folks leaving about why they're going and where they're going. Will, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you for having me, Kobe. Um, I want to start where your article starts with this family, right? Because numbers, we can get lost in the data, but these are people we're talking about. Who are the, the Parkses and, and where did they live? So the Parks family is a family I uh, I met originally back in 2016. They were a young family, uh, you know, upwardly mobile uh, couple, you know, four daughters, very friendly, wonderful, loving people. And they had lived in uh, South Shore as long as they could take it. South Shore is one of those communities that has seen an uptick in violence and an increased poverty. And... Uh, the family just decided, well, if we're paying all this money for a home, you know, why don't we feel safe in our own homes, uh, on our own blocks? How come we can't go shopping wherever we want to go shopping? So when I knew that the census numbers were coming out for this year, it just had been dawning on me. I wanted to check back with the Parkses. So it sounds like for the Parkses, living in South Shore became like sort of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. On one side, you got disinvestment. And on the other side, you have these upticks in, in violence and poverty that are, that, are, that are consequences of this disinvestment. How has their tune changed about the community they live in now? They didn't, uh, couldn't stop the praise they had for Northwest Indiana, their new community in uh, St. John. It's, they had a home built on a, a huge lot. Uh, I believe their home is uh, far bigger than their home in uh, South Shore. They have, you know, uh, access to all sorts of shops and amenities. They have a, a very good school system. And something that the that both uh, Jason and Jennifer told me were that, that they were happy with the level of participation uh, with their local parents. One of their gripes was that uh, in the city, you might have some parents uh, in a, a local school who may be involved, but then you have a lot who aren't. Mm. When I hear that, I feel like my, my brain gets split between two uh, personas. One is that real prideful. It probably isn't the most empathetic, right? It's that arrogant Chicago spirit of like, you know what? We'll be good. Get up out of here. You don't want to be here. And then the other part of me knows that this, again, is a very personal, very emotional decision for many people. And they do feel that that leaving Chicago is, is a breath of fresh air for them. Can you tell me, like looking at the wider numbers, since 2010, how many black residents have left Chicago? I believe there were more than 80,000 that left uh, in the last decade, and it really brought the number down. It's been a trend that's been going on 
since the seventies, you know, it started off as a trickle, a very, very slow trickle, you know, moving back to the South. And then more and more as the crime problems and gang problems have increased, still no real, you know, industrial job base or something that can take low skill workers or that sort of thing. It's been my experience that uh, black, uh, the black people are looking for always for the golden city. For Chicago today is the dream of a people whose superb faith in the future, whose willingness to work hard and whose pride in their city far transcends that of most citizens of other communities throughout the world. They're looking for the new place, the new place of opportunity for them. You know, 70 years ago, that was Chicago. That was New York. That was Detroit. That was all those places. Mm. So when you're looking at the the peak of Chicago's black population, what year are you looking at? What decade are you looking at? You're looking around 1980. Uh, that was when there were well over a, a million black people, which, you know, directly led to the election of uh, Harold Washington as mayor. We have 670,000 black registered voters in this city. You know how many votes I need to win this campaign? Run away? You know how many votes I need? 450,000 votes, and I can walk in. We got 670,000 out here. Black people kept coming to Chicago in droves through the 60s. And really, the sweet spot, uh, you know, is the 40s and the 50s. By the 60s, a lot of the jobs are starting to disappear. And you have people coming here who can't find the work to support themselves. And a lot of those folks ended up in public housing. But it sounds like the problems that black Chicagoans were facing in the 60s, those are the same problems now. Jobs are are drying up, lack of investment, upticks uh, in violence, and the other results of um, of lack of community investment. Can you tell me how have policies changed? In the 40s, that's when the, uh, the late 40s, because of a Supreme Court ruling, that's when the black ghetto broke. That was when the Supreme Court ended uh, restricted covenants across the country. And restricted covenants are the contracts that basically allow neighborhoods to stay all white or to keep out any non-black uh, residents. Uh, when that broke, you saw people sort of migrate out, you know, all over from the, you know, what we call Bronzeville to neighborhoods like Chatham and, you know, South Shore and that sort of thing. But as we've mentioned, the the job uh, situation kind of dried, began to dry up in the, you know, in the 50s and the 60s. So what happened is once those jobs started to dry up, you then started to have, you know, things like uh, drugs creep in. Steve Young reports on a new kind of cocaine called crack. It's going nationwide, especially among the young, a drug so pure and so strong, it might just as well be called crack of doom. It's really just a, like, I don't know, a cratering, you know, just sort of like implosion from the inside. But you mentioned very clearly neighborhoods, places like South Shore, Bronzeville, Chatham, even Austin, North Lawndale. These are neighborhoods that during my lifetime were strongly recognized as black neighborhoods. Gresham in particular is interesting because I went to a Catholic school there and they had all the graduating classes, like going all the way back to like the 40s up on the wall, the eighth grade graduating class. And we could tell exactly when our neighborhood became a black neighborhood because all the white kids was gone within like three years. But how has this population loss significantly impacted those neighborhoods? Do you see the makeup of certain neighborhoods shifting? I think of immediately a Bronzeville. Uh, Bronzeville, of course, is what uh, I think of as the uh, old black South Side. And if you go to the northern end of Bronzeville now, say from, uh, you know, uh, where the 55, uh, Stevenson begins up until about, 
know, 35th Street, there's a lot more diversity. It's a lot more white. There's a lot more Asian than there's ever been. And this kind of like a slow creep of, you know, of the G word, gentrification, uh, you know, towards, you know, going south. And that's a very interesting thing because there's always been this sort, sort of a rule of thumb that black neighborhoods, neighborhoods that are 80 percent or more black can gentrify. But we're starting to see that. You know, we heard about the Parks' family in Northwest Indiana. Can you tell me about some of the folks you spoke to who moved maybe further away, like uh, Arizona? Arizona, first off, really shocked me because I didn't expect to find such a, a large uh, black community there. Mm-hmm. And I found uh, a gentleman, uh, Gerald Kelly, who is uh, a longtime, uh, I believe, Southside uh, resident who was a CTA bus driver who had numerous run-ins with violence. And I think as a result, he became quite, uh, I don't want to use the word shell-shocked, but he was very traumatized by all of this. His fiance at the time said, hey, why don't we check out, you know, Phoenix? And he moved there and fell in love with it. Will, throughout all of the the families, the people you talk to, do you have a sense what's the maybe overwhelming reason people are leaving? Because if you turn on the news, people will just tell you it's violence. People are leaving because it feels violent. Do you get a sense that that's people's number one reason? I think violence definitely plays a, a major part in it, because especially if you have children. Uh, you know, it's one of those situations that, you know, my own parents, you know, faced. But it's also the fact that the, Chicago just doesn't seem to have the things for them that they once did. Uh, when I talk about the old black Chicago South Side, it was a community that was, uh, you know, self-sustaining. You know, even though it was poor, it had all, you know, it had the arts, it had, you know, music, it had business, you know, you didn't have to go downtown. That's one of the things the old timers always say. You didn't have to leave the neighborhood. You'd spend money in the neighborhood and that dollar would turn over several times in several businesses. It doesn't really happen that way now. Now, you know, a lot of people uh, live in food deserts and they have to, and they have to spend their money elsewhere. Yeah. What has it been like, you know, just from your vantage point, watching neighborhoods change, having these conversations with with black folks in your life, you know, do you always feel like you're having to advocate for people to stay here or or to be here? Because at times I do. (laughs) For me, uh, black folks to stay in Chicago, it's kind of like uh, I was telling someone this yesterday. It's like being a cop or a nurse or a social worker. It's it's how long you can stick it out. It's how long you can take it before you decide Damn. to get that, before you get out. Part of the Black experience in Chicago now is having family members move away. I've had numerous, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, relatives leave for Houston, Dallas, Arizona, you know, all these Atlanta. places. Atlanta. You know, I've had yeah. all these people go and I... I understand. I, you know, I understand not wanting to have the feeling every time you walk out your door that something might happen to you. When you talk about that paranoia that some people feel, again, my brain splits and a part of me wants to reject it and say, no, that's that's what the media puts on you. That's the portrayal of Chicago. But I'd be lying if I say I didn't walk around with it. And I'm not saying I wouldn't trade the issues. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the problems. I mean, so many of our episodes are dedicated to like being like, Chicago, get your shit together because you are too beautiful to be showing your ass like this all the time. But it is real. I know I know so many people who carry it on them every single day. If this continues, what are we at risk of losing culturally in Chicago? That's a very interesting question. I, it's one of the things, it's just a city. This is a city that moves like the gears of a clock. It, it won't stop. You know, there, 
Chicago may be uh, losing its black population, but it's gaining Asian and Hispanic population. So I think black, you know, the black community will always have a presence and a place here, but they may not always have the clout that they've always had. So there could be a Hispanic mayor in a, you know, a few years. So you, you just don't know. Yeah. Will, I don't want you to, you know, put yourself in a box with this question because we, we definitely, none of us know where our, where our future may take us. But could you see yourself leaving Chicago? I think about that question all the time. And I've been thinking about that since probably I got out of college, you know. I, I don't want to leave it on a dour note because Chicago still has a lot of, you know, cachet. Chicago still has a lot of money. You know, it has uh, white collar money. It's got black market money. It's got all the money you would ever need. It's just about, you know, having the resources kind of going through this rough wave. We still have a lot to offer. And uh, I think, you know, Chicago is still, we're still the biggest, the only game in the middle of the country. Mm. But we have to get our acts together and uh, really try to figure out how people can get what they deserve and what they need. Yeah. Will, I'm so grateful for you having this conversation with me as somebody who was born and raised here, but also had the opportunity to leave, to go to college, to go to grad school in New York. And when I came back, I came running back into its arms with a better sense of who it was, who it could be, and a small sense of the type of impact I wanted to have on it. And 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 I know through doing this show, as you just said, that this city is still the shit. And I and I just hope, like you said, the city can truly understand that and invest, and, and we continue to, to to push for sustainability in our communities. Will Lee is a reporter with the Chicago Tribune. It's been an honor and a pleasure to talk with you today, brother. I appreciate it. Great talking to you, Kobe. The rushing rhythm of Chicago keeps pace with her ever vital spirit. Life here marches to a quick and tumultuous tempo, and the visitor stands awed and overwhelmed by the very immensity and turmoil of this astonishing Midwestern queen of cities, this amazing modern lady of the lake. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Over the weekend, Virgil Abloh, the founder of Off-White and Louis Vuitton Artistic Director, died after a long private battle with cancer. He was just 41 years old. Jury selection in the trial of Jussie Smollett begins today. The actor is charged with lying to police about being attacked near a Streeterville apartment nearly three years ago. Happy Hanukkah for all of those observing this year. Hanukkah began Sunday night and goes through next Monday and is the Jewish Festival of Lights. And some good news to get you through. The Ball Brothers face off tonight at the United Center when the Charlotte Hornets and little brother LaMelo Ball come to town to take on big bro Lonzo and the Bulls who are trying to get back in the win column. For more Chicago stories and events, check out our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Oh, that was loud. All right. I, I thought I heard the pause, and I was like, all right, cool. Point made. <laughs> uh.